0: nation providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out with your hosts Steve Katazi and Brent Jenkins All right, let's see if I can remember how to do this because it has been just over a month since I turned on these mics or podcasted, or even spoke to Bryn, and that's because I've had the most incredible holiday of a lifetime with my wife and kids in Australia. So look, this episode's gonna be a catch up about Bryn's wedding and his upcoming stag weekend in Barcelona, and it's gonna be about Australia and the amazing time we had. Look, it's not gonna be a blow by blow, we went here, we done that. It's more, really, the incredible experiences we had the emotions that were stirred up, reflections or the habits that it's uh, creating for us to come and bring home. It's also a collection of observations about just how incredible Australia is from a cultural perspective, the society, um, what it must feel like to live there, and the fact it's such an outdoorsy, sunny, beautiful place. We also then talk about the pre-holiday goals or expectations we had of ourselves which was we didn't want to lose the progress that we have maintained around our body weight and our physique. I didn't want to lose all my strength gains and we definitely didn't want to lose our momentum as it relates to the gym and our optimal wellness and look I didn't want to relapse into being an addict you know an addict of processed carbs sugars and overeating So look, this holiday was an absolute success, incredibly eye-opening, and I hope that this will give you the confidence that you too can have a holiday, a week, two weeks, three weeks, have an incredible time, recover, rest, chill out, enjoy yourself, but at the same time, come back without regret and guilt or feeling that you've completely fallen off the bandwagon as it relates to health, fitness, and wellness. We hope you enjoy this, guys. Adaptation. So how many days have we got? Um, just over
1: three weeks until the wedding. Ooh. Yeah. I can't believe how quick it's coming round. It's, it's exciting, great. man. Yeah, everyone was like, it's gonna come round really quick. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's next year, or whatever. You know, And before you know it, it's like three weeks away, and you think, "Shit, having to get everything organised. Yeah, that, that has
0: gone quick when when did you propose when was it Uh,
1: it was towards the end of the summer last year so it was, I don't know if it was late August early September mm. time so we've not actually given ourselves much time really yeah it's, so, it, it is so exciting man. I remember
0: yeah. when we got you know when I proposed to Michelle and we planned about it was about a year until we got married um, and it's all consuming isn't it yeah it's massively. all consuming I just can't
1: believe how much
0: there is to organise and I'm I mean Lisa's
1: doing most of it. Um and her list is like mega. But she's working her way through it and there's just constant things that need doing. It's just unbelievable. All for How, one I, day, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> one day. But it'll be an amazing day. Um yeah, I, I keep thinking like when do you ever get the opportunity to have all your friends and family that you love like in one place? You just you don't, do you? You never have everyone together. So I just think it's gonna be an amazing opportunity to have all the people I know. So here's a bit of advice.
0: Um, it is with all this prep that yeah. you've been doing to get you know everything just right. You know between you know the table setting to who sits next to who yeah. to the catering to the you know the gifts and all that kind of stuff. You build up an expectation in your mind of how that day is going to go. Yeah. And it won't go that way, right? Not not that it'll be worse. It's going to be different. Yeah. And you just have to accept that. Okay, we've set not planet, can you? We've set the things that we care about. Yeah. Either the the big things or small things. It, these are the things that mattered. The most important thing is, this is gonna this day is gonna go so quickly, mm. and if you're not careful, it will be a blur. Yeah. And even though you talk about you know friends and family, you know joyous moment of celebration a feeling of gratitude and excitement. that Your work, your life is going to change. If you're not careful, you're, you you could be so obsessed about are the things in the right places? Oh, shit, the caterer hasn't turned up on time and yeah. I've got to deal with this problem or let me just go and see if this thing's done or I've invited 150 people. I've got to walk around and make sure everyone's good Yeah. and that I've spoken to everyone. If you kind of sign up too much pressure to like the administration and making sure the day goes well... You're going to do it. One you won't enjoy it until it'll be a blur. Yeah. So I guess my only coaching to you, because you know, I've gone through this as well, and is to let go, man. Like, know that everything's done. Up. Yeah. And if certain things don't go exactly as how you anticipated it, yeah. Be cool with that. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing day, irrespective. And the thing is, weddings always get there's always something that goes
1: wrong, and people don't care. Everyone's no having a good time. Like, no one cares. The no one, one gives a, a shit. Or, you know, something happens, most people
0: don't. Like, most people can't be asked to even being there. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Until they get into the okay. swing of it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, oh, I've got to go to another wedding. Yeah. Oh, I've got to get, you know, get dressed up and got to find someone to look after our kids. Blah blah blah. It feels like a burden. As but then once you get into the swing of it, you've had a couple of drinks. People yeah. start loosening up. People are starting to talk to each other that otherwise wouldn't. And you yeah. start, you know, then it's good. But it's like it's like going to the gym. Like, yeah, I could go, but yeah, I could also not go. I could also I could have my Saturday to myself. Yeah. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah. So, People don't really care about how good it is for you mm. unless it was it went really badly wrong. Yeah, right. If they could see the dismay in your face. Yeah. So don't worry about whether it's a hundred percent as you expected it or eighty percent. The reality is, just so have, good it have a good day. day, and focus on memories, gratitude, excitement, and bonding. Mm. Like if if they're the goals of the day, not whether the table set was exactly as you wanted, yeah. whether the color cord, if the colors as of the, the balloons were exactly orders, yeah. as you ordered, or, you know, if the food was cooked perfectly, fuck that, yeah. like, just worry about, don't even worry, just go about enjoying yourself, slowing it down, <laughs> try and make the day go as long as it can do, yeah. take photos, you know, get around, see just people, having a good time, look, okay. at e- look in each other's eyes, embrace the moment that your world is gonna change, Get there, get the emotion, mm. and go go into the day going. I want to be emotional, yeah, like, in a good way.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, I'll try
0: not. Don't worry about that, the admin, man. The
1: the I've got more um, apprehension towards the stag do than I have to wed in because that's uh what I go in a day's time. Um <laughs> and uh, yeah I'm probably gonna get violated. Cause... Tell me about it. What what well, well do? so we're going to Barcelona. Um I didn't actually have any control over the plans. So the best man he was like well I'm gonna book it all you're not gonna have a clue. So I was like fine. Um my mate uh, accidentally tagged me in a Facebook video, which gave it away that we're going to Barcelona. Idiot. <laughs> so that's literally what I know, is that we're going to Barcelona. Have you spoken
0: to him since then to go you, you Muppet, or is he? did he say it was deliberate? I don't,
1: uh, no, I've not seen him yet. No. But, um, the best man was oh, bloody hell. Oh really, <laughs> what that on Facebook? Face. Yeah, did you yeah. gave it away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what we're doing there, but we're spending three nights there, so I'm going to have to endure three nights. Um, so that's not a good Barcelona story. is a great
0: Place. I've heard Barcelona's a lovely place. Yeah, You probably won't get to see it. No. The way most people I might have been to, but uh, yeah. Um, so have you been to Barcelona? I have, yeah. We stayed, we we, we were blessed with being able to stay at the W Hotel. Uh, w Hotel. is, a, is quite a, an opulent, global hotel. You've got one in New York, you've got one in London, you've got nice. one in Barcelona. The one in Barcelona is great because it's right on the end of a pier. Looks out to the ocean, looks out to the, the city. Yeah. If you're high enough, great views, great. Get, get up. Um, but that, that's, 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 that's an aside. The, the place is just brilliant. All the Gaudi buildings, you know, the parks. Mose,
1: is it the mosaic work that they have um, up on the hill, yeah. outside the city? Oh, Did you go there?
0: You go to the gardens, you see mm. some... He, Gaudi put together some really weird fucking buildings. Really? Like really weird, like curvy buildings. Yeah. And you can go check them out just walking down the street through to the, the cathedral. Can't remember what the cathedral is called. The, mm. the main... Yeah, uh, cathedral that be, yeah. That never got finished. That is so beautiful to look at. Yeah. So, like, maybe the day one, if you don't hit the beers immediately, just go, oh, let's walk up the big hill, and let's go and see yeah. the garden, let's go and just yeah. see a couple of the gallery buildings, let's walk <laughs> down a couple of the... Can't remember the main street, which is, like, quite wide. It's... Pedestrianised. It's got the trees in there and yeah. the nice tapas joints and stuff. Yeah, go down there, enjoy it before all hell breaks loose. Yeah. you will not remember a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've had, what I've heard really good things, including from you. Now is uh,
0: that Barcelona's
1: a lovely place to it go? It is, to. man. So I, from that side, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking forward to. And I, it. I, I think, think cannabis
0: is, good, is but... legalised there as well. It is, is it? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't, I don't know if you do that. It's 28, so I can just <laughs> yeah. use that as my excuse. And maybe, maybe they're expecting to load you up with some uh, cannabis really? as well, so they hit you with alcohol and then give you, give you some weed. And so I won't accept
1: any cookies from just in case they're hash brown, <laughs> brownie <cookies> or <laughs> brownies or anything like that. <laughs> oh, cool, man.
0: So that's, that's three days. Yeah. Then and, I get
1: back, but well, I, I get back, and I get back on the Monday. I've got a few days, and then my cousins are taking me on a family stag do in London. Um, so yeah, I've only got a few days to recover before probably being publicly humiliated again. So yeah, I've got to survive both of those before I actually get to the wedding yet.
0: So, my red lines are, you know, just don't don't physically change me. Yeah. Right. Do, no shaving, no tattoos. Exactly, exactly. Don't, don't, don't fuck with my hair, my bodily hair, and or yeah. put stuff on my skin or give me piercings. You know, outside of that, yeah, put me, dress me up as you want. Yeah, you know, let's go get hammered. You know, give me a, a, a random ugly stripper. Do, do what you want. You, you got through yours unscathed, right? Long term, you don't know I mean? no, 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 no physical memories, yeah. like <laughs> no, no scars on my toes. <laughs> they're the only red lines, like some people like some some mates just take it too far. Yeah. And they go, like, in the moment, wouldn't it be great if I just done this weird, stupid thing to you? And it's like, yeah, it's funny for the moment, but I have to now endure what you've done to me. Like, yeah. let's just hope your guys have some they have a red line themselves. Like, yeah. let's humiliate the fuck out of him. <laughs> let's stick him in a smurf outfit and chain him to a to a lamppost. Whatever. Yeah. But don't do something that will <laughs> cause me. Long term grief. Because
1: imagine, imagine they like shave my eyebrow or something. I don't know. I don't really know. How, I don't know how quick an eyebrow grows <laughs> back. Not very quick. <laughs> I don't imagine. <laughs> not it not in two weeks. <laughs> At least it would be pissed.
0: <laughs> and she had a word with them, Do you think?
1: No, she. She's like, do what you want. Take it, Do what you want. But she did say she hasn't said. I don't think she said it to them, but She said it to me. Like, just don't get anything shaved or tattooed. You know. You don't Is she okay to... with like
0: you going to? you Know uh, a strip bar or something like that. Um, have you spoken she, about that? Yeah,
1: she, she wouldn't because like that's me quite going. common. Yeah, she wouldn't like me going at all. Um, I know that, but she knows that if I'm with a group of 14 lads, then it's not really not your choice, my <laughs> like choice. So, I uh, yeah, so if you say, like, yeah, they,
0: they took us to a strip joint and I, you know, I got a lap dance and all that kind of jazz, like, you probably wouldn't, I, I don't think you would like it as, as an individual, but if you're hammered and someone says you're doing it, you're doing it. Do you think this would be okay with like? Okay, I didn't. Um, It is what it is. It's just that. But she, yeah, she wouldn't want me to be,
1: you know, the fun police and say no to everything. So she would kind of understand from that side. But I think that they wouldn't be, um, they wouldn't be that kind to go. Yeah, just go and have a dart. They'd probably get me in some sort of dog lead or something like that. Being whipped, I can imagine (laughs) something weird because that's. I don't know. I just think that's if we're going to go to a strip them up, that's probably what's going to happen. I so.
0: we I went to um, was it Prague? Yeah, I, I I went to Prague for someone's stag do, and it was it was a weekend jobby, and we we got pretty drunk, but we were all older. Kind of maybe like your age, maybe one or two years older. So like you you're beyond the years of complete stupidity. Yeah, and everyone's got some. You know, everyone had a family. Pretty much everyone, like everyone yeah. had, like a kid or like a serious relationship, proper job, like everyone was quite intellectual, middle class. So like they, you know, we weren't just hooligans like just wanting quite to, a like, to r- you know just rampage the the city. There was some level of like respect for like I don't want to feel shit the next day. Yeah, so there was some balance. And I was like in moments of like, can we just go to town and really like fuck up, fuck ourselves up? <laughs> but I remember we were like out one night. And I don't know if it was me or someone else who were like, right, we're taking him to a strip joint. Yeah. Because like, we got to. Yeah. And I remember that conversation, even though I was really drunk, I remember the debate, the moral debate. Hmm. And people were like, I'm not going. But like, I don't care whether it's his stag do and, you know, it's all about fun. Uh, I don't believe in it. Well, I can say Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in it. I think it's wrong. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's demeaning of women. I can't go. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. I hear you. But chill out. Know, they're not Chill no, z- 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 out. Z- z- yeah. You know? And I-, I thought it was so funny. It like, it really made me realise that I'm I'm a lot older than I think I am. Yeah. To look across my peer group and realise we're having that discussion <laughs> on a fucking stag dude. You know yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> have you been on a few stag dudes then? Not many.
0: I'm only only two or three and my own. Um nothing that's been Stand out completely out of order. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think
1: <laughs> quite, I'm, I'm quite lucky. My friends are. We're a good bunch. We do look out for each other. Like we're not complete arseholes to each other, basically. Um, which yeah, like, who, so Hooligan get... type friends like ones no. which are known to be just just completely go off on a tangent. No. no, I think I think we're pretty
0: good, but oh, good. we. That's reassuring. That, but saying
1: that, we are still a group of lads and yeah. lads just like to do each other over. Yeah, exactly. all so. no, we'll, I look
0: forward to speaking to you next week, man. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> Say,
1: see how you look. I might just curl up on the sofa <laughs> and have a little nap.
0: <laughs> if you
1: get back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope the weather's nice, but- Maybe, maybe someone will tear up your passport. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. yeah you might want put there. that the lock and key, uh, man, just to be yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, well, what a shame to stay in the weather. Yeah. So, speaking of weather, though, how was Australia?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was in Australia for a month. Um, should we should we just talk about that today? Yeah, should we just talk about it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm quite interested because obviously
1: we caught up a little bit about Australia, but we haven't touched on um, holiday much at all.
0: Adaptation. First and foremost, it was uh, it was an incredible month out. Mm-hmm. You know, I it was my you know my last day at my. My employed work yeah. was the day that I traveled. Mm-hmm. And we were off for a month and we had a schedule to go around uh Australia across the coasts. Um, and it was a month for my kids who were young, five and eight, to really have a, an amazing experience that hopefully is career, sorry, is character shaping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I was I had a lot of anticipation going into it that it was going to be. Uh, a time of recovery, connection, um, experience, cultural like awakening and seeing good things and loads of vitamin D and did just, it live up to that expectation? It, it really did, man. I I would actually say, it it was better than I expected, man. Okay. Yeah, honestly, nice. yeah, it, it was. It was um, the first week or so was actually quite hard because you know when you travel east, it's just it's just. And with that many time zones through, it was eight time zones and then ten time zones to get to Sydney. It took its toll on my body. So like for the first week or so, we had a gem we have seen, we don't we've done so much stuff, I'll tell you about some of those things in a minute. But for the first week, I actually felt that the holiday was more of a burden mm-hmm. than it was recovery. Right. Because jet lag and busy schedule mm-hmm. and early starts was like, I'm supposed to be chilling. Is that because you were moving around? Like the early starts and all that, or was that
1: excursions it was, was like planned stuff. Already? Like
0: we, we had planned to, you know, go to certain islands that, you know, ferries leave at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or, you know, we're going to see the dolphins and, you know, that's seven thirty, um, you know, jumping on the on the, on the ferry. So there was there was a few things that just they, they had to be early. Yeah. Because you couldn't have the experience any later. Um, and I'm so grateful that we did it, but I just got, got caught up a little bit in um, it feeling like a bit too much pressure.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying because um, two years ago, me and Lisa traveled around Europe. We did exactly the same. We did um, a month and we were traveling around. We drove all the way from the UK all the way down to Italy oh, and wow. back up again. And it, it was an amazing trip, but it was just so much work. Packing, unpacking, and yeah, getting to a different place. And then the excursions in between, it was just like, you just, we got back and we felt knackered because we'd done so much. It's actually quite a lot of work.
0: Yeah, so so there was definitely that part. But I mean, like, you know, like, Zoom Out, we got, you know, if, if, I, if I was to sum it up in terms of the things that mean most to me yeah. on the experience, it would be... We got to go places that we've always wanted to, but have yeah. always assumed it'd be too difficult logistically. You know, with work commitments and everything else to go do. Yeah, we got to see family over there because Michelle's some of Michelle's family immigrated okay. to Australia and Perth, which was amazing. And she hadn't seen those guys for quite some time. Um, the kids really, really enjoyed the whole experience. There wasn't one moment where um, we felt any desire to return back to home. Like I've been on like a week, week long holidays and by day five I want to go home. Like it's just by like groundhog day. Road right? road it's road road. like it's the same thing every day. And you're like, yeah. I've done I've done it now. I-, I can't be bothered going to the buffet yeah. breakfast again. Yeah, yeah. And then you know putting my towel down on the on the chair to make sure no one steals it. So yeah, I get yeah, an yeah. early spot near the pool. And like it's cool, but after a while we like it's just the same, the same thing, day, same yeah. day repeated seven times. So we didn't have any of that. Um, we had amazing food. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Amazing food, both eating out and eating at home and barbecues. Um, we got to experience very different places. Hong Kong was very different to Perth. Mm-hmm. Sydney was very different to Melbourne. And Queensland, uh, Port Douglas, was just completely different to everything else that yeah. we'd done. So lots of different experiences. But the thing that I, I it keeps keeps me getting energized about the holidays I accept a bit accepted a bit of pain for what I think is going to be long term gain, which is I took so many photos mm-hmm. and I blogged about or wrote some kind of note daily about the things that we were doing. Um, and that's going to stay with us forever. So not only was it a great time, but we've got amazing photos to yeah. continue to remind ourselves of just how cool those days were because you know I'd go we'd be two weeks in and i or three weeks in and then ask the kids what's been your favorite moment mm. and they can only remember the last couple of days. So their fav- their favorite day was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what else? And there's nothing else there because like mm. we've done so much. Yeah. So we have got like this really <laughs> nice, like, story arc of all the things that we've done, and that's gonna stay with us. And you know, I've handed them over to you know the grandparents and family so they get to see and and I, I truly feel that people were brought along with, with our holiday you know our Facebook friends and the guys at Adaptation are following the page because we're trying to open up some of those experiences health-oriented yeah. but some stuff which was just completely random and that really makes me feel happy that we took yeah. the time to effectively memorialize this in stone yeah. so this is an experience that you can lives beyond the month where that we were yeah. away, because it's quite easy with our busy
1: lives to forget about what we've done, and to go through the photos and the videos and things like that. It really takes you back to that moment. Exactly. W- was it? A, I mean, was it a burden taking the pictures and, and writing blogs? Were you no, quite it, happy doing it? Yeah,
0: it was definitely a burden. I mean, like my my day, if you think about it, was um, you know, I was the guy walking around, you know, like the typical tourist with my my SLR slung around yeah. my neck, um, the guy that was constantly stopping whilst everyone was walking on so I could take a picture oh, and then i will catch people. Or demanding <laughs> yeah. the family to pose or stay there, I want to take that picture again. Mm. And thinking about, oh, that would be a good shot. Like yeah. walking past something and going, I was actually, I remember <laughs> I sleeping and go close my eyes and having depth of field vision. Now like when you see something yeah. really sharp up front and everything behind is blurry. Okay. I was closing my eyes and seeing the world in that picture. <laughs> That way because I was looking through the lens so much. <laughs> and it wasn't constant and all the time. Yeah. But whenever there was a, a massive change of scenery or we were doing something special, the camera was out and I was trying to take photos. And I was also taking photos of our food, which is quite awkward. Like when you're in a restaurant, yeah, and you get the SNR out and you 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 walk away from your table and you're kneeling down and you're taking pictures <laughs> yeah. of food. And people are like, is this a critic? Go get right angle, bro. Is this a critic? You know, is he going to come and judge our thing? Is he a food blogger? Yeah. Um, is he just an idiot? Oh, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. So that you've got to have to get through that, and then what would happen is most days, um, kids go to bed. We stop settling down. Yeah. We we we're pretty like early finishes just because the kids will go to bed. So then I'll plug in the, the the camera and I'll download the photos. and I'll down select the ones that are going to be good. I you know, put it back onto my phone, so that that was it was a bit of a burden. Yeah. So yeah, I, I probably could have saved maybe like two hours a day collectively if I hadn't. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a sufficient amount of time. Yeah. Get, but I think we got something back for it. Yeah, and you, you gave your daughter
1: the camera as well, and she loved it, didn't she? She had a really oh it. yeah, pictures. yeah,
0: she really did. She's really creative anyway. And uh, I gave her some basic tuition on just how to kind of use an SLR. Yeah. And a tiny little eight-year-old with tiny hands holding this massive, heavy camera with a big lens, but she she started taking photos mm. and um, got that immediate feedback, mm. whether it was good or not. And me, obviously, giving her props when she'd done a good one. She loved it. Yeah. So probably three or four days <laughs> worth of our photos. A lot of what I've shared mm-hmm. was taken by her.
1: Yeah. Which it makes That's me proud. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice for yeah. her to look back later on, um, years to come, and see some photos that she's
0: taken as well. So the start of her photography career or her ability to take a photos. Which it's think about it, right? I know we spoke about this yesterday, but having an appreciation for photography or capturing moments that get shared online, I think is a, is is a skill that most kids in today's age probably should 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 develop yeah it's, it's because handed, uh, because social have, media right. isn't disappearing yeah and ex expressing and sharing your experiences online i think will continue to yeah be just a social norm mm-hmm. um and i think as our kids get as my kids age there'll be even more um expectation that if you're going to have a career, you're going to have a career via some online mechanism. Yeah. You know what I mean? So serving them with both the social capability to share Mm -hmm. in a way which, you know, is worth seeing and two, building up some general skills that might serve in some kind of business capacity. I thought that that's almost like I'm, I'm investing in her future. Yeah. Not trying to be overly, um, what's the word, um, egotistical or trying to make her be egotistical and going, it's all about YouTube and Facebook, but I mean, it's gonna be a big part of their life, whether I like it or not. Yeah, I I think it's a good idea, whilst
1: they're young, getting them enthusiastic about it and and taking pictures and getting a bit of an eye for it, because you don't know, just later in life, it might just help them out, um, and it might spark a passion that will lead to a later career or something like that, so yeah. I think it's great that she had a go at it, and nice for you to, to have that bond with her and show her how to use it. Absolutely, and man. It gives you a bit of a connection as well. So that that's oh yeah, nice. now exactly. So, yeah, and you
0: got to think about it when when you're the guy that's always behind the lens and you're creating <laughs> some distance between you yeah, and the, everyone else. Not in the photos. One, you're not in the photos, and sometimes yeah. you're not in the moment. Yeah. Right, because you're away from the moment, and there was moments where there was a little bit of disconnect because you know we had you know we had extended family and people with us. And you know, Steve was a few paces behind doing stuff, and there was that little bit of disconnect. Soon as I created that kind of like, gave Holly the, the camera, she got, you know, there was this bond between her and I, and we were connecting, and we were talking about ideas and taking photos. It was cool. Yeah, that's nice. But, um, I've just just over your shoulder. There's a pair of
1: kangaroo balls hanging off your. Um, they are, <laughs> <laughs> Your desk there. Yeah. <laughs> I just
0: saw that to the right. <laughs> view, what the hell is that? I'm hoping they're gonna bring me good luck in 2018. Is that is that what it is? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think they're known for good luck, but um, no. I couldn't help myself. We walked around one of these little stores and they're real kangaroo balls. No, I, I think I've seen them. I think oh, well, yeah, I've got to get that <laughs> Is there so um,
1: I've never been to Australia? Um was, was there much in the way of culture over there? I mean, do they how they live, is it much different? I know it's a big place and each um, city you went to is probably very different to the other one, like I said earlier. But did you notice, notice any different um, norms or anything like that to how we live over here?
0: Or anything that you liked? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, you, yes, right, in, in a nutshell, yes, it, it was very different. Um, and whatever I say is gonna be overgeneralizing a huge population. Yeah. So I wanna be careful about not misrepresenting uh, people who live there, but like if I think about when we stayed at Perth mm-hmm. um, it's it, The guys in the East Coast they say it's WA and Western Australia, but it stands for wait a while Which is like it's a slower pace. Yeah, and it is a slower pace and that's not anything to frown upon. Yeah We live in such a hectic frantic, we chronically mm-hmm. stressful environment where there's always you know things to do places to go Things to consume, you know, work hard, play hard, blah, 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 blah. But over there, that you just kind of get a sense of just chill. Just a bit of a slow. Chill out. Work isn't everything. Yeah. Work is a means for you to live a life which is mostly (laughs) outdoors, sunshine 300 plus days of the year, you know, average temperatures 30 degrees, you know, blue skies and a bigger, bluer skies than you're used to. And I know it sounds really bizarre, Mm. but the sky feels bigger. Yeah. I, 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 Is that have, because buildings are lower, or...? I, I've written, or no, I, I don't know, man. The landscape. It just feels bigger right. and bluer. Yeah. Like, there was days where you could not see a cloud, and the sky was so blue. Amazing, yeah. And then we go to these beaches, and they were glorious, and people surfing. You know, we were eating by a beach in Perth, and the kids were having a swimming lesson. And over here, people, kids go to swim baths and swim pools to have swimming lessons. Leisure center, these yeah. kids were having their swimming lesson in the sea. <laughs> And you're like, wow, yeah. that's different. Yeah. Because they have to, because in their mind it's like, well, we've got all this sea, mm-hmm. and you're going to need to learn how to be, you know, efficient and effective and save your life and all that kind of stuff. It's a dangerous place. Yeah. So you, all your swimming lessons are going to be out on the sea or with a board, working out how to safely enjoy the sea. And I thought that was like, wow, that's yeah, different. Yeah. Through to you know the work ethic is, they often say. Brits do very well in Australia because our general propensity for working hard and pushing to be better um, just shines over in Australia. not saying people don't work hard in Australia, but there's a difference of kind of cultural expectation of work. So if you go there, like if I went there to work I, without blowing my own trumpet, I'd be a rock star in in. In comparison to the work ethic and work capability of others around me, yeah, and I know that because you know Michelle's brother goes over there, he does recruitment, and um, yeah, he shines. Him and his expats, they shine in theirs in their yeah. industry because they brought with them both skill set but a work ethic that mm. is just different.
1: Yeah, and it just means
0: you stand out a bit more. Yeah, as opposed to here. Another thing I noticed was was food. So, they are. I don't know. It feels like they're a few years ahead of the UK, with um, having an appreciation for whole foods mm-hmm. and having an appreciation for the accessibility of whole foods and superfoods. Like we go to general, average supermarkets, mm-hmm. beetroot was everywhere, almond milk, sweet potatoes were bigger than I've ever seen before. You know the the fresh fruit and vegetable area was was bigger than ours. With an eclectic mix of different vegetables. There were things like kimchi, which I don't often see over in the UK, kombucha, which I don't see over in the UK, you know, beetroot is a massive thing over there, so is turmeric. We're starting to get onto that. Avocados everywhere. You know, I mean that kind of maybe like kind of West Coast California vibe of like yeah. eating super healthy stuff. It for me, it was like that was the norm across Australia. Mm. Like I'll go to a coffee shop and I always ask over in the UK do you have almond milk or any dairy alternatives? And it's 50-50. Mm. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's like only 30% of them say we do almond milk. The rest of them say we've got soy. Yeah. Or no, it's only normal milk. Mm. Over yeah. there, I was like, of course we do it. Yeah. think ask me that silly question. Yeah. Do you know yes, what I mean? Are. And it was just, I, I got a sense of like, if you want to eat healthy, that's the place to live. Because you've got great weather, so mm-hmm. you're getting a vitamin D. It's an outdoorsy type vibe. Like, yeah. it's just, everyone lives outdoors barbecues, be, going to the beaches, just being outside. Life, yeah. When you invite mates over, you, you, you're hanging out outside. You're not inside. Yeah. Life is about being outside there. Plus the food's great and the food's good quality and it's mostly whole foods. And when you make a barbecue, it's mostly whole food. I just got a sense of there, there's deeper respect yeah. for yourself and you've got accessibility to more resource mm. to lead a healthier life. And I couldn't help going... Wow, I'd be healthier living here. I just would be. Do you think that's because of the culture that they have built,
1: or just because of the the like the climate over there? It's just naturally easier to live a healthier lifestyle.
0: I think it's both. I I do. I do think it's both. Definitely, the resources make it easier. Yeah. But then there was another thing. I I asked um, Michelle's brother, who's been there for about five years now, and he's got his PR, his permanent residency, going for his citizenship. Okay. And. um, I know he's got no desire to come back, yeah. like none whatsoever. And I'm like, okay, look, it's good. We're having a holiday. You're showing us the best bits. You're talking about all the good experiences. Mm-hmm. You've got shit. You have shit days because I defy anyone to not have a shit day. Yes, yeah. like absolutely. You know, work blows up. Something goes wrong. You know, I have issues with my relationship. Just feeling down. Absolutely. But I said, is it the same though? Because we woke up this morning. The sun was blaring. I went out there, the bluest sky, a chilled out vibe. <laughs> I go to the beach, like, is it the same? And he said, It isn't, man. Even my shit days are better than most of my days in the UK. My stress yeah. levels, even if I could be stressed or anxious or depressed, it just doesn't feel as bad because I'm telling you, man, when you get sunlight, like, you know what it's like when there's a sunny day in the UK, yeah. you feel on fire. <laughs> you just feel like, I'm up for it. Yeah. But you're up for it every day over there. It's I'm telling you, man, connection to the circadian rhythm and the sunlight is so profound, but most of us ignore it because we don't have an opportunity to change it. Yeah. Or we've got busy lives which go from house to car to office to car to gym to home, and we spend all of two minutes a day outside. You know, we've kind of lost our connection with outdoors and the yeah. sun. Over there, they, they're they still connected to it, and I just feel that that is the more natural and therefore the more satisfying way for a human to feel alive. I yeah. just felt more alive over See, there.
1: See, I always think that. And then I think how do people in like the Nordic countries, how do they live? Like it's That's always cold. Like surely they highest
0: level what highest level of um uh suicide, I yeah. think. I mean, yeah, yeah. like you know, Norway or something like that, Yeah, because it's dark for so much of the time. tell man anyway, it makes a massive difference. Yeah. You and would I'm, you would love that. I wake up in the morning, and every day is a good day. It's just everything's a good Lifestyle day. as
1: well. I, no. I just think the outdoors lifestyle is so appealing. I, I just that would be amazing. I think that would be the best bit about living in a climate like that is just being outside more.
0: But the, here's here's the so like you can't help but to go to Australia, mm-hmm. and at some point, ask the question like, what would it be like to live here? Should we consider it? Yeah. And my mum actually said to me before you go, she's like, don't fucking go. Don't don't don't, don't do objective. that. Don't do that yeah. to me. Her biggest anxiety when we were going is like, you're gonna to want to stay there. Yeah. She's never been, but she knows it happens to everyone. Like, you're gonna to wanna to stay there and you're gonna take the kids away from me and all that kind of Did stuff. Is that question? And yeah, we asked we we probably spoke about that half a dozen times. Really? And you've got to bear in mind with speaking to people that have emigrated, like a whole bunch of yeah. families, so they're just selling it, selling it. Constantly selling it, yeah. lifestyle things, great, all this stuff. And we, we had a few conversations about it. And so maybe just kind of like, um, just zoom back a bit. So we went, we went to Hong Kong, mm. no desire to live there. No, <laughs> very different. <laughs> it's um, very different. Culturally, um, it's cool, but it's not my vibe. It's too yeah. busy, too manic, um, at least in the main part of Hong Kong. Um, I'm sure they're beautiful, calm places, yeah. but in the main part, it's just mental, just bloody mental. And it smells because there's a lot of pollution. Yeah. And then all, a lot of the street food is is you know, it's just food that they like, but you know, us Brits and Westerners will go chicken feet and pigs intestines. <laughs> what are you eating that? And it smells of yeah. awful. Like you walk down the street and it smells of insides burning. I'm like nah. and <laughs> like and if you go into the wrong place, like you look around, like you're looking for the golden arches. You're looking for McDonald's because it's the only thing that's Western. Like that's You're the only, like knows, only yeah. thing I can trust right now because <laughs> everything else yeah. looks so weird. <laughs> you know I mean? so yeah. wouldn't live there, but it was a great experience. Yeah. Went to Perth. We was in the kind of like suburbs for the for the week that we were there initially. And it was cool, but it was a bit too sleepy for me. I just felt like yeah. in a bungalow Very just chilled out. A bit felt felt like as if that's where you go to um Maybe retire. Or retire, or maybe yeah, Jersey. absolutely. it's like now, this is not dynamic enough. Yeah. We then went to Melbourne, which was like, wow, that's the city.
1: I've heard Melbourne's.
0: Melbourne, Melbourne is amazing. Is it amazing? You just the moment we walked into the city, you just got this, got this chill and this excitement because you could sense diversity, you could sense culture, you can sense. Um, caringness and willingness for you to be there. Mm-hmm. No discrimination and no kind of like lack of, you, the great coffee shops, great food, lovely architecture, loads of art everywhere, loads of street art, yeah. loads of graffiti being allowed down the alleyways. Um, You know, the river, I think it was Yarra River going through the center was nice. It just, everything about it, just everything about the whole setup just made you go, I like this yeah. place. And we actually get had a tour. That feel, don't you? We had a tour by, you know, you know, a walking tour. Yeah. We decided to do that because I think it's a really great way to see the city, and someone just walks around, points things out, and tells you the the core places to go, not the yeah. tourist places. And she said, which um, we later confirmed through like looking up, it's been voted the most livable city in the world for the last seven years. That's it. The most livable city, and you can't help but go. I get it. <laughs> I just yeah. get it, and I can't explain it to you or the people listening, in a way, maybe I'm just not articulate enough or I haven't been out, I can't express the emotion, but you just go there, there and, and you just it. feel welcome yeah. and you feel excited to experience yeah. all it has to offer. It's just such a buzzing city. The downside is the weather's crap. Oh, it's it? basically London weather. Okay, It's as temperamental as London. Mm. So rain. There's, always a, there's always a but, isn't there? Imagine <laughs> yeah. the weather was actually spot on. There. Then, like, that would definitely be the I'm done, place to I'm it. done, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going tomorrow. But yeah, the weather's like temperamental. It can be hot and it can be warm, and you can have four seasons in a day, Yeah. but you're likely to get some rain and it will be overcast here and there. Mm. Great time, loved that place. We then went to Sydney, mm-hmm. where the Melbourne guys said you're not going to like Sydney. You should have gone to Sydney first, then you can come here really like a wow. Like, apparently they chat (laughs) shit about each other. They've got a bit of rivalry. So we went to Sydney, and Sydney was cool. It's very much about the harbour. It's about being around, you know, the the, the, the river, the river, or the sea, I don't know what it is. But being around the water. Everything's located around the water, or at least the touristy parts. Yeah, because I've seen, I've only seen pictures of the opera house. I've never seen
1: other parts of Sydney, so I can't imagine what it would look like. So like you said, it's, all, it's always
0: from a boat or the bridge. Look at the yeah. Government. That's kind of what what kind of makes you feel like you're in Sydney. Yeah. But it's like Pitt Street and George Street, which are the iconic like Regent Street and Oxford Street yeah. type roads. It's a buzzing metropolitan um, financial district. Okay. So you you like high rises everywhere, big brands that are, you know global brands just dotted around the skyline. Mm-hmm. It's there's a scale difference between Melbourne's like. Cool, but it's definitely second rate from a business perspective, you go to Sydney, it's like, if you're a global company, you've got a Sydney office, and that's what it felt like, it felt like if you want to work, and you want to make a difference, and you want to progress your career, you've probably got more opportunity in Sydney, but the prices to live there are fucking ridiculous, we were staying in a place, we had a bit of a kerfuffle, and our Airbnb, we rocked up 10 o'clock at night, and it wasn't available, the key wasn't there. And the guy wasn't willing to help us. At 10 o'clock at night, we had nowhere to stay. God, yeah. We ended up staying in a little hotel <laughs> just to get us through. And then the next day we found someone who had an apartment, three million dollar apartment overlooking Darling Harbour. Um a 1500 pound Breville coffee machine in there. Oh, that was, that I was well, sold love that, yes. I was sold at the <laughs> coffee machine. But it was just glorious. <laughs> it was it was a great, great little vibe yeah. in the apartment. But weren't three million quid for three million dollars yeah it's just so expensive where it is, yeah so you probably couldn't live in sydney where you'd want to live just because it's like london it's just inaccessible financially how close is melbourne to sydney um Couple of hours like 90 so minutes. So no, 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 that's on the train. Oh, that's on the plane. Oh, okay,
1: so it's not commutable. Not commutable. Because I have no concept no. of how far these places are from each other. So. No, they, they look close, but they're quite right, okay, quite yeah. away. Yeah, because that, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Work to Sydney. Oh no, no
0: chance. Back. No chance. But yeah. then there's obviously suburbs around Sydney, yeah. You can stay. And um I met up with someone uh in one of like the kind of sleepier suburbs outside of Sydney. It was only 20 minutes on the train. Mm-hmm. Um it was wasn't you didn't go to that area and go that's a desirable area to live? Yeah, you didn't like it, but didn't feel like wow, if I have the opportunity to live here and work in Sydney, my life would be set. It'd be like, mm. I'm making a, I'm 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 going, I'm dropping yeah. down a few pegs to live in this location to be yeah. able to have access to Sydney. And that's basically what you'd have to do. And that's a bit of a compromise,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's not quite what you go there for, is it? You want to go there and set up a nice life where you're in an area that is absolutely lovely. Yeah. But then you're having to live close to Sydney to work in Sydney to earn the money, and it's a bit backwards, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so Sydney was
0: really great, and then um, so so you know we slowed down once we got to Melbourne, We're back into Melbourne. Definitely in Sydney, we slowed down, took some of the pressure off of the daily things that we done. We still went to Blue Mountains, which is great. Mm-hmm. A picturesque mountain mm-hmm. landscape. We have done a few things, but it was
1: it was calmer. I think that kind of actually happens, isn't it? To go through the holiday, just sort of reel back and do less and become more relaxed. It and was important, man. Slow down.
0: We yeah. need, we needed we needed to feel a bit yeah. more in control of our recovery and yeah. rest time. And then we went to went to Cairns, mm-hmm. or specifically Port Douglas, which mm-hmm. is in Queensland, which has got access to the Great Barrier Reef. And here, very different again. We're talking tropical li- landscape. You, you, Talking about mountains of foresty mountains everywhere you look, luscious, yeah. green, mountainous views with the most picturesque, beautiful, but dangerous beaches. When I say dangerous, I mean infested with jellyfish and crocodiles infested that's, that's, yeah,
1: that's <laughs> <horrifying>. yeah but <laughs> like it was jellyfish are horrible like i just uh, no. can't see them that's the thing like oh, no, i don't like them at all. i think um there's the, the world's deadliest jellyfish lives up in northern australia and they at said it's, we are kind of in northern yeah Italy, by and by it's, i don't know course. if it was the same jellyfish maybe it was like i watched a documentary and They they, they they're so transparent they are so clear that you can't see them, and they're going on in a boat, and they're looking off, and they are like there, there's one of the world's deadliest jellyfish, but you can barely
0: see it, and they're no, like absolutely. that touches you. And they, I'm like, oh, I just God, like, God. what's the point right. of your existence? Like oh. you, I think they don't even have a brain. I could be wrong, but I think they don't have a brain, and their ability to move around the water, it's just like what's the point? <laughs> and you sting the fuck out. Of it. It's like come, <laughs> on. You're come on, like, You're like a. a wasp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So so but, but <coughs> poor Douglas was was incredible. Um it was just a week of chill, man. We yeah. you know we had, we had a we great little villa. We don't Airbnb everywhere, so everywhere was a home. Mm-hmm. It was a home away from home. Really important that we didn't stay in hotels. Yeah. We had a kitchen, a living room, a dining room, bedrooms, two bathrooms, everywhere we stayed. So we've had a sense of this could be home and we can cook at home and that kind yeah. of stuff. So was that a better experience because of that? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. If we were living like in one room. Yeah, hotels. Oh, I would have hated that. Like clambering over each other, not having space to unpack, and you know yeah. having to be too quiet because the kids are sleeping in the same room. It would have just been rubbish. Yeah. So yeah, we spent a bit more money to do that, but then actually, I think in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that much more. Okay. But poor Douglas was lovely because it was it was poolside or beachside or snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef, which was like bucket list. Stuff. Yeah, that that would be incredible, awesome. man. yeah. Sounds amazing. Turtles, green turtles swimming right next to us, actually playing with us and had the most beautiful, colourful fish everywhere, beautiful coral, alive and moving. Were you snorkelling? We were snorkelling. We did not scuba because I had done it with my daughter who was eight and she yeah. wasn't allowed to, but she loved it. She came back going, that's the job I want to do, Daddy. I want to be a marine biologist, <laughs> which means she's got to live somewhere like that, yeah. She ain't going to do it in the UK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she loved it, man. It yeah. was incredible. And she swam <laughs> with dolphins as well. That yeah. was in Perth. Yeah, absolutely. It's she saw loads lovely. of kangaroos. She got to pet them and play with them. She got to play with quokkas. Which are these kind of like big rat type things but super cute? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we saw a lot she, she of wildlife. She could be the new
1: Steve Irwin. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, she probably.
1: Does she like Does she like animals? Oh, she loves animals. She loves
0: animals, but she loves water more than anything else. Right. Okay. She's a great swimmer. She's yeah. like a county grade swimmer. Yeah. She. Yeah, you were saying she does really well. And she she's is. just so comfortable in the water. It's just like that's her natural habitat. Who's quicker? You or her? We raced them she's faster, like eight years old. I was doing brush stroke she was doing backstroke, she beat me. Eight, eight uh-huh. years old, man. I'm 36. thirty-six, I've got a lot more muscle than she is, and I was going for it and she beat me. She's quite probably quite slim line. She just, just great as man. Really yeah. right. yeah. Anyway, so that, that was it. And then we went back to Perth afterwards, where it was a chill, we actually spent time in a city, which was a great city. Um beautiful, but more not as much going on. There's only a couple of streets that have got like kind of businesses. Yeah, the rest of it's just a bit more chilled out, and it's more about the experience of the quay, and the riverside walks and the greenery. Really nice, yeah, really fantastic. nice city. Loved it actually. But every single place we went to was um, you couldn't say, "Oh, they're all the same." They're just so different. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And so I would so recommend it. Yeah,
1: I can I can imagine because they are far apart, the the way they live is quite different. Um, and I can imagine Perth is like you say completely different because it's
0: all the way over on the west coast. So and their business, if you think about it, <coughs> you know they make money through mining. That's really their industry okay. is propped up with mining and a bit of uh, bit of gas. Yeah, it's mostly mining, mining for iron ore and uh, mining for some precious uh, metals. Yeah, and that's basically what they're known for. So you've got BHP Billiton, you've got Rio Tinto, mm. you've got some of that other big kind of mining and Fines oil and gas brands, brands. Yeah. there that they own that space and they've yeah. boomed because of their access to natural resources yeah. and shif- shipping it all over to Asia because mm. they're, so, they're close as well so they've yeah. mined the hell out <laughs> of their land, straight so, it over yeah. to Asia and then it's um, a beautiful thing for them so they've yeah. got a lot of money that way but it, they don't really have a significant financial district or mm. a significant other industry because that's really what their place is about what
1: they can do yeah yeah so in terms of staying fit and healthy on the road how challenging was it I mean you said obviously the food was good so I imagine eating well whilst you're traveling through Australia was relatively easy because you had a lot of access to it and obviously training, you stayed in a few places with gyms. Did you Did you have um, many places where you struggled for training? Did you have to change your exercises up and manipulate some of what you're doing, your programme? I mean, how did you get on with that?
0: So, some people might think about what I'm about to say, that I was too um, too rigid and unwilling to let go and just experience the holiday Mm -hmm. through what I'm about to say I did, but the reverse is true. Mm -hmm. For me, I know what makes me makes me tick and makes me have the best day or experience. And if you enjoy it, it 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 (coughs) revolves around having a level of health consciousness Mm -hmm. and having, you know, strenuous activity because hey, I've got an addiction to it, but I know it serves me. And it, it just makes me more cognitively sharp. It makes me my mood better. I'm better with people. I seem to be more empathetic. I seem to be uh, more balanced, calmer. Mm-hmm. If I can care for myself, you know, through physical activity and nutrition. So it was really important that you know for me and Michelle that we there was a couple of rules like we don't want to be eating out three times a day. Mm-hmm. We don't want to um, lose all the progress that we've made. Mm-hmm by putting on a ton of weight. I didn't want to lose my connection to the gym. It was really important that I came back as enthusiastic about the gym as when I left. But sometimes when you have a long break from the it's gym... It's like you're, right, you, right, fall you fall off wagon. the wagon. Yeah, it's a bit like... <sighs> I'm okay, done, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't want to lose that connection to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and and... You know, for our kids, so I wanted them to experience normal normal food as well, not just feel that we're always having rich, indulgent meals. Mm-hmm. So there was a number of kind of like things. That, that was our intent. Mm-hmm. An intent and reality can be different. But I must admit, there was a couple of things that I wanted to do that I didn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Such as, you know, I thought I might calorie count. Here and now, I didn't calorie count at all. Yeah. It just, it became, it, it, it became... Uh, the idea of it became a burden, so I didn't even try it. It's yeah. like, oh, that feels too anal. But, um, that, that's too much for a holiday. I'm not doing it. And how did you find it not tracking? How was it for you? Um, I we just went with the flow. Yeah, yeah, it just went with the flow. The we just accepted is,
1: it. You've been tracking long enough now that it's you've got enough of an idea to eyeball what you're having anyway. Um,
0: so I, I wasn't. I, 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 idea. I must admit I I didn't have any. Uh, respect or appreciation of calories. I wasn't thinking calories. No. It just, I, and that was a worry because I was thinking, am I going to come back and not be able to calorie count again? Because I've lost I've lost the will. Yeah. Um, and I have started so it's fine. Yeah. But um so yes yeah, so we didn't calorie count and um, Michelle didn't train as much as she had hoped for mm-hmm. because someone's got to be with the kids yeah. and you know schedules and motivation and mm-hmm. you know setup of the gym, all those kind of things. But what works well. Was there was a gym facility available at each location? Yeah. Um, the best probably was Perth because we just had a week's access to a proper gym, and it was a really, really good strength-oriented gym. Nice. Had a great week there training. Amazing. Um, the worst gym was probably the one in Melbourne. It was just a, a, a you know, we were in a in a, an apartment and in a in a kind of high-rise building. Right. And it just was like a spare room with a couple of little bits. It was pointless. Yeah. So that that few days there was a struggle to do anything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. It was a bar, and there was some weights, but it was pointless. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it didn't feel progressive, but I still got I still got in the gym.
1: You can still, exactly showing up yourself half battle, and then exactly. just using your imagination, um, using your body weight, things like that. You you know you can do these things if the gym is rubbish. And then the
0: gym in. Where was it? Um the gym in Perth on the, the, the final legs. We went Perth twice because mm-hmm. so we kind of stopped through it on the way back. Uh we stayed in an apartment and apartment again, a beautiful apartment. The gym um was well equipped, but tiny. Uh, I was in there one day, it's so whatever decided so to train in the evening. And it was uh three other people in this gym. And yeah. it's this room, think about this room, twice the size of this room. That was that was it. Tiny, tiny place with. Probably about what, 500 square foot gym or something like it that. It was really, really small. And yeah. um, you couldn't run on the treadmill and use the bar at the same time. So yeah. the treadmill was one that you could like. Is that because you lift
1: wipe them out as you were, uh... No, it just wasn't enough
0: floor space. <laughs> so like uh, you'd lift the treadmill up as one of those foldable ones. Yeah. So you'd fold it out so you can get the bar out. And there was only one bench. And um, there was a bar, a separate bar, but it was also a kind of Smith machine type bar. Yeah. And I was in there. with was three of us, and like, um, it was dirty. Everything was falling to pieces. Um. For someone to be able to do a bench press and me to do my deadlifts, we had to like move equipment around every time just mm-hmm. so we could do our sets, even though yep. we were independent from each other. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I was um, it was my deadlift day. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, I I, I bought all the all the barbell plates and there was like, there was enough to do a good workout here, but I'm gonna have to use them all. Mm. So I got yes. down there and this bar was falling to pieces, like, you know, the cuffs were almost falling off. Yeah. I was thinking, this is gonna break. And I had to put the put the treadmill up and the guy was doing his own thing, a couple of Asian guys in there, and um, start loading up, start doing some warm-up sets. And these guys were quite, quite slight. <laughs> and we're moving around each other and like, it's a very close environment, it's like yeah. me, Like sweating, doing like heavy work, whilst you know, we're a few feet away doing something else. It was a bit too close for for, for, for me being comfortable. Anyway, and I started racking it up so 100k, 140k, 160k on the bar, deadlifting face gun red, like really fucking. I can't
1: imagine it had the matting for it. Really? Oh, yeah, and it was (laughs) clunking on the floor. It was
0: like the whole place was like uh, full down. I remember as I was doing it, I was, I could see him and he was trying to be discreet. Yeah. This guy was like amazed by this white strong man. (laughs) Like like literally, like you could see him. "Ah." So I could see him in the corner. He got his phone out and he was trying to be, trying to be cute about it. But he was taking, he was taking a, he was videoing me deadlift. That's a bit weird. No, because he was like, he was in awe. Right. Of this strong man with muscles coming in, right? I'm not yeah. massive, but compared to him, yeah, I was big and I was lifting heavy. And they were just like, after I done my set, wow, you're strong, aren't you? And they tried to pretend to lift up the bar, they couldn't. And I could just see that. It almost felt like as if they met someone famous. That good. It was it was weird, but I it was so funny. I was I was I was. I was you know, stressing, trying yeah. to lift his bar up, my face was going red, and I was trying to get my reps through. <laughs> it's but I could look up and I was seeing him filming me. <laughs> but anyway, in in um, zooming out, I trained five days a week, almost every week for four, okay, four yes. weeks, so kept up to my plan.
2: Yeah,
0: Done the April hyper workouts as we designed. Um, a few concessions here and there, but for the most part, you know, I done um, as prescribed. Mm-hmm. Use the Smith machine when there wasn't a bar, but you know, for the most part, I'd done the movements, yeah, and I'd done the movements as heavy as possible. Um, I definitely didn't make any progress from a strength perspective, but I maintained my strength. Um, you know, I I, I matched my maxes on my deadlift a couple of times. My squat wasn't squat struggled, but I think it was squat struggled because I was pounding the streets every day, yeah. I think my knees and my legs were all over the place, yeah. so like. When I was getting under the bar, I, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel functional. Yeah, I felt I was, I was I was pushing against more weight than was necessary. Just felt the energy wasn't there to do it. Yes, yeah, so the squat <laughs> suffered, but everything else was on point. Um, and yeah, so so the gym was good. Yeah. Really enjoyed the gym. Got got as much out of it as i had hoped. And then,
1: and when you came back from your holiday, you didn't feel like that feeling of oh, I'll get back in the gym or I've got to. Um, you know, pick up where I left up. Like, no, you didn't have any of that. Because no, I cracking on. Yeah, and, and I think actually you've done quite well to keep committed to the five days a week being on holiday because I, I always get it with either my clients or myself where we go, right, I'm going to be on holiday so I'm going to have more time than I ever have. I'm going to be more relaxed. I'm just going to take time. I'm going to go to the gym, probably going to train, you know, like you did five days a week. And it doesn't always happen that way because you go on a holiday and you, you kind of get relaxed and you you don't want to train yeah. because you almost go the other way and you yeah. go, I'm chilled out, I'm bothered to train. Um, so, and it, it
0: starts becoming more of a burden. Yeah. And then you start building anxiety about it and then you're like, fuck it. So
1: how did you, how did you make, for people that want to go away and want to train frequently like that, what? How did you manage that? I mean, did, was there much resistance there, or was it quite easy?
0: And I, I, I don't know, bro, man. I, I just like I like it. Yeah. And I like going to the gym. Well, that's a big part of it. Really. So, like, but like, it's like me saying to you, <laughs> how difficult is it for you to go to the pub? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it. I don't. People might be saying that's fucking foolish, Steve. But it's the same kind of thing for me. I like going to the gym.
2: Yeah. What you so for doing. me, it was
0: like. I know I'm not going to have the same experience because it's going to be a different gym and it might not have the same kit and there's loads of people whereas I'm normally working in a private gym, all that kind of stuff. But I like doing it. Yeah. So it, it it really wasn't the pressure. It really wasn't. And now maybe I'm unique in that regard where I've built up that addiction, that behavioural addiction, which is part, heart, part of the battle, right? You've got to do something often enough so it you depend on it. Yeah. And I depend on the gym for me to feel and good. And that's
1: not because you feel you have to. That's the big thing as well. If you yeah. don't feel you have to, do you? A lot no. of people, a lot of people like you, like go to the gym like you do five times a week, and then when they miss a day, they feel guilty and almost feel they have to keep up with that. Whereas your, I've noticed with you that your mindset is thinking further ahead than that. Thinking actually, when I train. I feel this way my body reacts this way my mood is is I, I feel great and I'm better around people when I've trained so that is kind of a nice driver because no. you're thinking about the motivation behind your training rather than actually getting into the gym
0: totally man so like I, I know a lot of people can who are not in that right in the same space as me right now that maybe don't go to the gym that see it as a burden it just seems to far away and out of reach and you know maybe their is not in on point so this feels too different yeah um but i i can honestly say that i i don't go to the gym for the ego
2: mm-hmm.
0: i definitely don't go to a gym to get an ego here because I, I work at home i train at home so i'm not going to show off mm-hmm. right so when i was training in other gyms with other people there um it, it it wasn't it wasn't an issue. It yeah. wasn't like I felt uncomfortable training them, but I wasn't going for them. I wasn't going to show off. Like, you, yeah, you normally train in private, don't you? Yeah. So how was that? It was, you, it was it was fine because you haven't yeah. trained in a, a gym like that for. I what? felt very comfortable because it is. I, you know I've got I've got a high gym IQ. And what I mean by that is I know what to, I know what to do in a gym. Yeah. I've been training long enough to go you know right. Let me scope out the gym. Let me see what they've got. Let me work. Look at my program. Let me work out what I'm going to do to achieve my goal. Uh, as long as they've got a barbell, I'm set, yeah. right? You know, for the most part. So, yeah, felt really comfortable in every gym, even the big one in Perth where, you know, there's a lot of people in there. I owned my workout. Didn't feel like as if I was having to fit in. Yeah. It's like, no, for the week, this is my gym. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I owned it, and it was great. But I wasn't going there to show off. I was taking film of myself, which was a bit odd. <laughs> Did you have the <laughs> tripods, the yeah. camera tripod A couple like, of times. Yeah. 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 It was in my gym bag, pulled it out, actually set it up like as if there's a proper like film shoot in the, in the gym. Did, did anyone give you sort of funny looks? I like think people are more and more awkward about it than they are judgmental. Yeah. They're like, what is that? And that's a bit awkward. I don't want to get in the shot. Yeah. Versus, he shouldn't be doing it. I didn't
1: get any yeah. of that. Which we, was good. Yeah, because we actually had that discussion before you went and you were saying, I don't know how I'm gonna react or how I'm gonna feel when I'm actually there, and I know I've gotta set the tripod up with a camera. I don't know how other people are just gonna got react. You just gotta own it, man. But that, you that, just, that uh, was, yeah, I mean, people you care. just gotta,
0: just own it. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do it, don't try and do a cheeky selfie when no yeah. one's looking, because that's worse. <laughs> yeah. When you look over and someone's yeah. trying to take a, a quick little snap of themselves without anyone else looking. Yeah. Just fucking own it. Yeah. Do, a, do, a, do a very deliberate selfie, yeah. or in my case, pull out the tripod and get the bloody SLR out, and film <laughs> yourself. The more deliberate you are on it, the more you own it, yeah. the more like, he's confident, he's fine, I'm interested in what he's doing versus he shouldn't be doing it, and what a dickhead. Yeah, right? yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've
1: seen that a lot. Um, I say a lot of times, seen a few times in the gym where people are sitting on the, the bench in between their sets and they're taking a the cheeky little selfie of their <laughs> arm in the mirror. And I can see I can see like they you know what they're doing, and you can see it, and they're trying to be really discreet and they're not. But then um I've walked into a changing room and I've seen a guy in there with his shirt off just like posing, like being really obvious about it and just looking at himself with that. But I took less notes of him and I was like you know, he's confident. So you just kind of look at it and go, like, "Whatever," I and mean, then look away. Whereas the
0: other guy, I was kind of like, "Yeah, he thinks I don't go." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that was fine. Um, Yeah. So just getting back to the point, I, I don't go. I don't go to the gym for ego. I definitely don't go to the gym to show off because of you know the setup I have here, Um and I'm not doing it to maintain a look so people um, like me, or accept me, or attracted to me or um, I get any f- any kind of acknowledgement. I'm not doing it for others. I honestly I and I know it sounds like, yeah, you're just saying it because it's the right thing to say. I am not training my body for anyone else.
1: Mm.
0: I, I have very specific physique goals because I'm that kind of person who enjoys yeah. pursuing a goal. Yeah. Like, I know how brutally hard it is to change your body, and I want to do it. Yeah. Just because... Give, give, give me, that. give me something difficult to do. Yeah, tell me how to do it. Yeah, explain how difficult it's going to be, but say if you persist and you do it this way, you'll get there. And I'm all up for that because that I love progress. Mm. So I go to the gym for the progress. But beyond that, and I think more than that, I go to the gym because I know about the productivity, psychological, and emotional benefit that I then get to put out there into the world. Yeah, like my relationship with my kids. My relationship with Michelle and my relationship with others is so much better when I get enough sleep and I work out. Like, guarantee. But if I look after myself first, mm-hmm. my ability to empathise with your point, my ability to listen to you, my ability to give a shit about someone else or have patience or be genuinely curious about them or at work be more productive, yeah. be more creatively sharp. Attack difficult things. I know all of that is amplified and improved if I get enough sleep and I work out. So when we're on a holiday, yeah, yeah. it's like I want to have a good holiday. If I want to have, if I want to have a great holiday, I've got to get in the gym. Yeah, I'm gonna feel lethargic and slow and low mood and things like that. And, then, and and pissed off that you're putting on weight and you're eating like a pig. Yeah, and you're doing nothing about it. For me, it was like it's almost a bit of damage limitation as well. There was yeah. a bit of that. That was absolutely. We talk about nutrition yeah. in the said but. There was a bit of that, like you know, trying to l- limit the damage of eating out every day. Yeah. Um, but for me, more more of it was like I just want to feel that I'm on top of it. Yeah. Because if I'm if I feel on top of my day, I own the day. If I own the day, I have a fucking good day, and people around yeah. me will have a good day because I bring good energy versus bad bad energy. See yeah. I mean? And I
1: think that is a big big shift in when someone starts to enjoy their training and becomes more consistent with their training. Um, and their motivation to train is much greater, is when they stop training for other people and start training for themselves and the benefits they can get um, through their training. Because you're, like I just said, you're associating your your training benefits to how you feel, your mood. It's life-changing. If you were doing all of that just for the way you looked because you wanted to impress other people or lift a certain way to look good in the gym, you you don't do that for so long until you're going to fall off the wagon. Yeah,
0: I, I think a goal like that has definitely some merit. And yeah. I have I have goals like that. I have strength goals and I have functional goals and I have physique goals. I yep. absolutely do. And I be the overreaching though is that that very morbid, intrinsic exactly drive, the, the thing that makes the biggest difference to my life because the physique won't, won't make a big difference no. in my life. The thing that makes a difference to my life is that when I when I when I organize my life in the right way, right? When I own the morning and I do the right things and I have work out and I get good sleep. I know the rest of that day, is a better day. Like I've done it enough times now to know that when it's configured in the right way and I care for myself in the right way, my day feels a ten. Yeah. When things are out of whack, it can feel like a five. And when you know there's the choice, you want a five out of ten day or a ten out of ten day. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, I want a ten out of ten day. I'd rather have more tens than less than than more fives. Yeah. And that's a choice I make. So there's a price that I have to pay, which is resistance and pain and do things I don't always want to do, and hard work, but it's like, do a little bit of work, get this benefit. Right, I'm up for that equation, all yeah. day long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, do you think your holiday was, I know it's kind
1: of an obvious question, but your holiday was better because of it, because you were training? Uh, it, it's difficult it, to it, answer. Because you didn't take away too much, like time-wise. Yeah, potential. I mean,
0: it's not like as if we didn't do it. I mean, we had the most amazing time. Mm. The time I had in the gym was typically, moments in a day which we wouldn't have been doing much else anyway yeah so and and i was more efficient actually working out in australia than here because i had to be yeah had to be get in get it done get out so we can carry on with our day or get back to my wife so you know it, 90 minutes max probably yeah. a little bit less than that and you know it was done and dusted do it early in the morning do it in the evening it really didn't impact much we got everything we wanted done done we didn't We didn't have any days where we would have loved to have done something, but Steve was too selfish and he went to the gym and as a result, it's a nothing day. We didn't have any of those. So So yeah, I think it it worked. The other thing that's probably Mm -hmm. worth talking about is like that's one side of the coin, Mm -hmm. which is the training. The other side of the coin is eating. Mm. So obviously the, you said food was amazing over there,
1: um, which we spoke about yesterday. You seen the pictures, right? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, the food looked incredible. Salvation every time I looked at the photos. And, Yeah, obviously their their culture over there seems to be a little bit more in line with how you want to live um, nutritionally, so I think that's obviously made it a little bit easier for you, would you say so? Um, And if so, what were the barriers that you had travelling around Australia when it came to eating healthy?
0: So you're you're right in that there's definitely a kind of slightly, there's a bias towards a healthy eating culture, Um, more than we have in the UK. So um, there was... Slightly more accessibility of the type of foods that I'd like to eat. Mm. That being said, we weren't making choices bases based on, oh, that's a healthy place to go. Mm-hmm. We're making choices based on that looks like a lovely place to go in. Yeah. You know, it's set up nicely. It looks like as if they've got good food delivered onto the tables. It's the cuisine that we like. Yeah. Um, so we weren't making too many choices around health, around selection. Mm. It was like, it's a well known restaurant. Or it's a recommended restaurant, or it just looks good. Yeah, I like Greek restaurants. Uh, we like Italian. We like Italian restaurants. I like Thai restaurants. Italian. You know, so we we're quite flexible. Mm-hmm. I had some amazing experiences where. Um. <clears throat> I, I like tasty food. I like tasty food even more if I know it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bonus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And there was a couple of experiences where we, you know, we went to an Italian, for example, and thought we. I used to go to Italian every week. Mm. And over the last year, I hardly ever go to Italian restaurants because I associate pasta and pizza to Italians. And yeah. I and you know I have a gluten-free regime where 80 to 90% of the time I don't do gluten anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just associate, like I'm not gonna enjoy myself going to a place that I've associated so much joy from before, but because I don't eat the foods that the, their primary kind of Thing. Yeah, it's no point of us going there. It's just not going to work out. Went to a great Italian restaurant in Sydney, and this is the, like the, the difference. Everything had a gluten free option. It. Every type of pasta came <laughs> as a gluten free pasta. Even the dessert, uh, it was even you know some kind of like pastry. Or there was gluten free options, Um and I just felt like I can enjoy myself. I'm so I assumed we we're going to go in there and I was going to have like a more of like a Secondi meal, like a meat yeah. meal, meat and potatoes or something, which is Italian, but really Italian is pasta. Yeah. But then I went there, and I, I saw gluten-free, and I'm like, great, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna yeah. go to town and have the food that creates so many fond memories yeah. of eating at a place like this with no regret that I'm gonna have inflammation or some issues and stuff like that, so that was great. Yeah. The second thing that was great was <laughs> um, everywhere that I had sourdough, Mm-hmm. And sourdough is fermented bread, which yeah. um, breaks down much of the gluten. So we can have guilt-free sourdough, which tastes great. And I think it, it tastes better, better than bread. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a strong bias towards meat, like red meat, because, sure.
2: okay. because they've
0: got so many cows. Right? Yeah. And um, less chicken, actually. Significantly less chicken on meals, mm-hmm. which is predominantly why I eat over here. A lot more emphasis on red meat. And that kind of uh, intertwines into um, you know me listening to a few studies and to a couple of people. One guy called Sean Baker. Yeah. That's been basically on a carnivore diet for the last eighteen yeah, yeah. months. And by carnivore, I mean red meat only. Yeah. He's eating nothing but red meat. Steak <laughs> for breakfast, steak for lunch, steak for dinner. Says. Horrendous for most people, but and this dude's what fifty or fifty five, like, yeah. He's massive. 50. He's jacked. He's breaking world records for strength and cardiovascular yeah. health, and uh, he reports being energized and more on it than he's ever felt before. His health before, markers are good. His health markers are good. So I'm not like, intrigued. Yeah. And like, okay, red meat's got creatine. Um, <laughs> you, you're basically you are what's the word? An, an animal lives, and it gets all the nutrients from the food it eats, and when you eat that animal, you're basically borrowing, and you're, mm. you're, you're taking advantage of all the nutrients it had. Just transferring it on, Which, really. if you think about it, is it's almost better than eating vegetables, because with vegetables, you get what's within that vegetable. Mm. If you have a, a good quality sourced and farmed meat, you're getting the benefit of that animal eating good food, and you're getting all the nutrients that are within that, that muscle. Mm and its muscles have got loads of protein as well. And so anyway, so I'm thinking, you know, let's just eat a little bit more red meat whilst we're away, and barbecue, so you've got steaks and stuff like that. And I've done, I've come back going, I, I, I want to do that more. I, w- I want to bring more red meat into my diet because it serves my physique goals, mm-hmm. um, it serves my nutrient goals, mm-hmm. and I've, I've kind of villainized red meat a little bit because maybe because of burgers and yeah. you know sausages. And like, you know, burgers and buns. And you just think, okay, red meat is associated to cardiovascular disease and too much fat. But the reality is that's not the case. It's just when it's packaged in processed meals or, and yeah, it's given poorly, to you poorly farmed, that's when there's a yeah. problem. So yeah, we'll come back going, I want more red meat as well. And I've tried kombucha for the first time. Yeah, never had that. Which is like a like a, <laughs> a carbonated uh, fermented drink. Yeah. F- I can't remember what, fermented cabbage, I think. It's quite nice. And that's for your
1: um, gut bacteria, is that right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a prebiotic.
0: Okay. So it's good for your uh, kind of microbial diversity. Yeah. So yeah, look, nutri- nu- nutritionally, things were great. We ate out probably more than we expected. Yeah. But that was fine. We skipped one meal a day, mm-hmm. which we just decided up front we were going to do. So whether it was breakfast or lunch, one of those went every single day. We tried to have a meal at home most days and that probably worked 60, 70% of the time. Yeah. So we had our home cooked meals, our sweet potatoes, our hummus, our yeah. uh, salmon, all that kind of stuff. Um and I put on a bit of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely felt more bloated because I constantly eating. Yeah. Right. You and and, and when when you have a dinner, I'm <laughs> usually having free courses. Cause mm-hmm. like whilst you're there, It'd be rude not to try that yeah, style mainland yeah, yeah. dessert, yeah. right? Especially it's just gluten-free. Anyway. And it all looks good, right? And I love my chocolate desserts. Like you give me a fondant, you give me a chocolatey, yummy, gooey thing. I'm all over it. I can't I just can't resist it. Is that your is that your
1: Achilles here? Is that where you struggle? Is that your weakness? Yeah, I've I've always
0: been a sweet fiend for as long as I can remember. And it's probably because my mum fed me sweets at an early yeah. age. So I've got a real deep association. I'm, saying I'm like that with ice cream. I just, I just love it and I love chocolate in particular. So, um, you know, I had a lot of dessert and some of our meals were probably close to three, four thousand calories in a sitting. Like we went to this yeah, Greek right. restaurant and we got this most enormous plate of meat. It was huge for the yeah. two of us. We over ordered, <laughs> we overordered most of the places we went in, like, okay, we've got to finish this. Yeah. So we had some huge meals. Do they are
1: are they servings? Because obviously in America it's renowned for being like huge portions. Are they like that in Australia? It was a mix. Or some
0: some of the places like like this ain't a serving. In other places it was more refined. Just more know, you, yeah. it, it was it was different restaurant to restaurant. But yeah, we had we had big dessert, big dinners most days. Mm. Um, but we tried to make healthier choices. Like you know, I eyeball in the dessert, at the starters. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna go for the bruschetta. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for the Scallops or, something. or the yeah. prawns, I yeah. like those, yeah. and I don't need to have the bread, so I would make a choice like that or look at a, 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 a main. I'm not going to have the pasta. I'm going to have a nice bit of fish, have some vegetables, some mushrooms, and you know, you know, whatever, a nice yeah. bit of meat. So I'd make a reasonable choice in the middle, and then the dessert, a... you yeah. <laughs> know, is what it is. Like <laughs> chocolate's got <laughs> antioxidants and polyphenols. Yeah. That's what I was saying to myself. <laughs> yeah. But the reality know. is I was definitely more bloated. Yeah. Um, I was definitely softer, but physically you could see I was just whole, I was losing definition because mm-hmm. I'd cut up until the day we left. Yeah. Um and I was I've gotten weight scales a couple of times. At one point I was about like 193 pounds, which was like seven pounds up mm-hmm. from the weight I left. So that was a bit disheartening. I Do was you think like, much of that was because of the climate over there, you're holding more water. Well let me let me let me let me finish on that. So 187, leaving, fluctuating up to 193. Yeah, I only measured myself a couple of times when the weighing scales were available in I had B&Bs. Yeah. And I wasn't caught I wasn't up with it, because like I kind of knew what was going on, and I knew I was, I was thinking, I'm on a bulk,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm training, and in many cases I'm training hard, so hey, I might get some muscle on this holiday, and that'll be a bonus. Yeah. So I wasn't getting caught up with that. But we were trying to calorie control, i.e. not eat out every meal and not eat too much every meal, just reserve our big meal to the dinner, that kind of thing. So we were trying to control the metrics we could. Um, but it was going up and I was definitely feeling a little bit flabby. Belly weight felt uh, you know more than it normally would and definitely felt bloated and a full belly. My yeah. belly was always full of food. You don't eat out every day. Mm. And it starts to take its toll. So, I, And what I think was happening was when we were eating out a lot, but two, we were traveling a lot. Mm. And I tell you, man, when, when you travel in the air, it fucks with you. It really does. So like yeah. you, know, you get ill, like you hold a lot of water weight. You, you've seen that like on long flights you have your feet are all puffy, mm. right? Because you're holding so much yeah. water. So like we're constantly traveling. We we went to six different places. So every three, three or four days, we we're in the air again. And um, you know, probably having much more sodium than we normally would do. Mm-hmm. So probably holding water weight. So I knew part of this equation was. My belly's full of food. Um, I'm probably eating some foods that are just kind of like just antagonizing me a little bit because I'm, yeah. I'm eating so much and I've probably got a bit of water weight. Mm-hmm. So the good news is I weighed myself this morning and I'm 109, uh, No, sorry, 189 now. Okay. So picks up at 193 within mm-hmm. just two or three days and now down to 189. I left at 187. Yeah. So I'm two pounds up after once-in-a-lifetime holiday eating the foods I love and enjoying every moment of it with no regrets. With yeah. two pounds up and feeling good, and I'm you know, looking in the mirror, I still look pretty good. Yeah. And I know that two pounds, part of it's probably a little bit of muscle. No sweat, so yeah. it was, it, you know, perfect conclusion to this experiment of go on holiday and try and not lose control of both my body and my relationship with food, my relationship with... Exercise. I've yeah. come back more energized. I feel recovered. Yeah, I just I I maxed my deadlift. Okay, I've done one hundred and seventy-five kilograms this morning. This yeah, morning. Nice. Yeah, uh, my highest before it was one hundred and seventy-two point five, and I felt strong. I am loving my workouts. I feel functionally fit. Yeah. So I think that part of the recovery aspects <laughs> and the vitamin D and the chill has meant it was a bit of a deload even though I am still training, yeah. I come back recovered, and I feel that my, the stress levels have lowered. Mm-hmm. The stress levels have lowered, meaning that my body's now re- really more able to deal with the acute stress of working out right. harder yeah. and more capable
1: than I was before. And I'm um, interested to find out like your psoriasis stuff with that, like information within the body when you're more relaxed and um, obviously eating more red meat and things like that. How, how does that change?
0: So that's a good, really good question to maybe close on. Uh, um, so I do have a bit of dry skin, like dandruffy hair, not all, all the year round, but yeah. certain parts of the year can flare up and uh, you can get a bit of dry skin, but not on my body, it's more on my face. Uh-huh. My face is where I struggle, I'm not quite sure why. Um, dandruff went completely. Did it? Now I think it's probably the softer water as well. Mm, not and, good and, goodness, yeah. and not being in, in, not being in heated rooms. Yep. Like, you've got to think, we've been going through winter, and I think it's the combination of being cold outside, lack of vitamin D, and being in heated rooms yep. all day long and it dries you out. I really think that's what it is. And softer water, because over there, within two days, and Michelle's dad, who was over there, mm. he reported exactly the same thing. Like, you know, he gets some flaky skin on his head and it all completely went mm. two, three days into yeah. our holiday. So, yeah, that definitely improved. But I've got, I've got some vitiligo. I don't know if you know this, but I've got some kind of skin <laughs> yeah, can see discoloration you know, yeah. on the top of my head, yeah, and cheese. exactly, yeah. and I hate it. Right, for people, someone who cares about his look, it's not, not something that I I enjoy looking at. Yeah, you know, it kind of beats me up a little bit when I see it sometimes. But you can it, only see it when you're. I didn't. I've never noticed it before, but now you've been in the sun, I can see it. Exactly, and that for <laughs> me was is a challenge. Now when I go on holiday. Look, I'm not too caught up on it, but I just don't like it. Mm. And it's very it's in your face because it's in my face. Mm. I can't hide it, it's not like on my chest or on my back. Yeah, it's so my face, it's the thing that's always exposed. And to know that my face is discolored, it pisses me off. It does, but you know, I get over it. But I know that I just have to not get tanned. So that's why I don't look particularly tanned. Yeah. Because we we had this approach of some factor 50. Because we we basically gone on holiday. Every year we've gone on holiday, we've always made a mistake, we've always been burnt. Yeah. And I think that's caused some, caused some impact. I think my skin, is you know, my face, is part of the problem was that we never protected ourselves properly, no. burn and cause damage and the hypopigmentation. So, you know... And we, and it, oh, sorry, in Australia as well, the, the sun's more exposed, isn't it? Because there's no ozone. ozone. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to be really careful. So <laughs> yeah. Sun Factor 50 for the kids and us all the way throughout. Definitely got tan. Mm. Definitely yeah, look healthier. Yeah. But I could have been a lot browner if I worshipped the sun and you know didn't put 50, yeah. 50 on, but it wasn't worth it. Hey, and you didn't get terrible tan lines. I did get tan lines, but I did did burn, man. Yeah. And, and do you know what? I burn on the day that it was the coldest. It was 20 20 degrees, which yeah. sounds like <laughs> sounds lovely for the UK, but for some reason 20 degrees over there feels cold. Yeah. It really does. It feels like, like you've got to put a jumper on Weird, isn't it? Yeah. So it was 20 degrees. We we're at Bondi Beach because we, we we had to tick that off and say we've been to the infamous yeah. uh, surfing beach of Sydney. And it was cold, man. Michelle was shivering, she had a jumper on, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna chill. So like sat down on the sand. I hadn't put any cream on and thought, yeah. no fucking point. Just chilled, fell <laughs> asleep. And I woke up and thought nothing of it. And Michelle, a couple couple hours later, was having some lunch. Like, Face looks a little bit red. If yeah. you've oh, you been, it, yeah. been rubbing, rubbing your face with the sand or something, like <laughs> and then for the next two days it just came out this like redness. Mm. I've been burnt. I was so careful for the four weeks. <laughs> uh, one day when it was cold, yeah. got, got completely fucked because that o- the, the lack of ozone. Man, <laughs> even in twenty degrees, it gets you. Typical breath. But yeah, I'm, from a from a skin perspective, I feel better, but the. I'm. I've got this pursuit, brain to try and work out how to reverse my vitiligo.
1: Do you, can you do that? I mean, I don't know that much about it. It's, it's no. It's, it's, it's
0: considered it. a chronic and irreversible thing. Right. But a lot of things in life that are considered chronic, we're now starting to realise, are reversible. Yeah. And most of it comes down to diet. Right.
2: Mm.
0: Like, and I, I go back to this microbiome thing again. Right. You you get everything inside to be happy. Mm-hmm. Your skin is like a canary. It's an expression of a problem that's happening inside you. Mm. So my face, my vitiligo, is an expression of inflammation or damage that occurred at some point. And either I'm still dealing with the damage, right? It's still happening. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like the scar of the damage that happened. Yeah. But there are, there's a book I read called Plant Paradox. And this guy is a surgeon and an academic and a doctor, yes. and he talks about all these chronic diseases he was able to put into remission or reverse through proper diet and eating the right foods yeah. that care for your body and your microbiome. And he even has anecdote of people with vitiligo that were able to reverse vitiligo. That now, yeah. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know. Probably I can't sort it out, but I've got my my solutions are don't get a tan because when you get a tan, you notice it like. It's you can see now. Yeah. And two, see if I can really optimize the way I eat to try and control it. And I'd love to be able to report in a couple of years' time i have been able to sort it out, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, gotta do a bit of biohacking. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was it was a great experience. Yeah. I, would, I would recommend it to anyone. And I think in summary, from a health perspective, vit, all the vitamin D, all the time to relax, all the time to fill your emotional bucket, seeing great things and socializing, Combined with a commitment to not just gorge for the sake of gorging, yeah, trying to choose healthy foods and getting in the gym because it makes you feel good. I don't know. For me, it was a perfect blend, and yeah. I come back stronger, better, healthier, more willing to attack the year. Yeah. As a result of it. Yeah.
1: No man, um, it sounds like you had an amazing time. Good to have you back.
0: And, yeah. Thank, Thank you. to talk about it. Cool. All right, man. Listen, let's close that up now. Um. Guys, thanks for listening. Um, as you know, Nation is all about providing the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you. Cheers, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And, of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Nation.